from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. You know, what's it going to take if it's not 20 bucks an hour? Um, you, you know, it, like I said, it's a, it's a reckoning. They have all the hogs and they have all the all the cows. They just don't have workers to actually break them down uh, and ship them across the country. Hmm. Or, or delivery drivers to deliver them. It goes all the way down the supply chain. And, the, you know, these yeah. are all such tough jobs. Restaurant jobs are so tough. These meatpacking jobs are so tough. Um, you can see why some people are saying, hey, this, this isn't worth it for me at this point. That's our job is to make it worth it for them. I'm Sarah Fenske. As more and more St. Louisans can happily brandish their vaccination cards, more and more restaurants are gearing up to add capacity and add hours, or even just reopen after a year when they decided being open made little sense. There's just one problem, and it's a big one. Not enough workers to handle the demand. And here to give us the lay of the land is the dean of St. Louis Food Writers and a former restaurateur himself, that St. Louis Magazine dining editor, George Mayhe. George, welcome back. Thanks so much. I haven't been called the dean since the last time you called me that, so I really appreciate it. I am, like, determined to make this a thing. I think that is how you should be I'll known. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it. Thank you. And we're also joined today by someone who is living this reality firsthand. Tom Schmidt is a St. Louis native. He's also the owner of the barbecue juggernaut, Salt and Smoke. So, Tom, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, and I'm curious if the dean can get my transfers, uh, my credits transferred for, for uh, Barbecue 101. Dean works in several ways, Tom. <laughs> Don't make me lecture you all about word use. Um, but let's talk about this topic at hand because it's a big one. And it's, it's a topic that I think even for people not in the industry, people have a lot of opinions about it. Um, Tom, you're about to open up your fifth salt and smoke restaurant. How big an issue is hiring right now for you? It is the absolute number one priority on all of our team's list right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we need about 100 employees for that location, and we, we plan to open it May 17th. Wow. Uh, and right now we have about 22 hired. Um, Can so, you, you know, open by delta. May 17th? That's a lot of people. Uh, we'll figure it out. You know, we, uh, uh, luckily we have four other locations, so we can kind of figure a way to kind of diffuse exi existing staff and, and make it happen and just kind of plug in uh, where possible. But mm -hmm. obviously short 80 people is, um, you know, that's just a huge amount. Hmm. So George, I know you have your finger on the pulse of, of restaurants across the metro area. Has this become an increasing source of anxiety for them? Uh, an increasing and pretty much universal. I don't think there's anybody that doesn't have a help wanted sign hanging out of their restaurant right now. It's it's as bad as I've ever seen it. I mean, I've been in this industry a long time. I've been, you know, either operations or, or writing about restaurants for almost 50 years, and, and I've never seen anything like this. It's 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 totally unprecedented. There's one chef that, that put it very aptly. He said it's a reckoning, and it's, it is indeed. And tell me what he means by that or, or what you might mean by that. How is it a reckoning? 
Well, it's it's just uh, uh, everyone knows the problem. There are just simply no employees. They aren't answering the ads. They're not coming in through traditional channels. And, uh, you know, the floodgates have opened. The customers are are finally back. Restaurateurs are so uh, excited to see them back, but uh, there's nobody to cook for them, wait on them, or clean up after them. And it's uh, it's just frustrating. They know the problem. They just can't solve it. Hmm. So, Tom, when it comes to this reckoning, I understand that while the, the pandemic has added all sorts of layers onto this, and, and we can dig into some of those, but this is something you noticed even before the pandemic. How so? Oh, well, yeah. I, <clears throat> I think George can can kind of corroborate this, but I don't know a restaurant in 2019 that wasn't also uh, kind of regularly stating it's just so hard to find people. Hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, outside of COVID, there are just so many factors that have contributed to a really tight labor market for the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, uh, the perception that our industry isn't a long-term career path, that it's just a temporary thing, which we, we work really hard to change that perception. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, stalled immigration at the border that's caused a huge uh, issue as well. Um, and then, really, I think the biggest issue that we don't really talk about is 16 to 22-year-olds that used to comprise so much of our workforce. Um now, being a, a high school and college student is a full-time job. You have to mm-hmm. be on three extracurriculars. You're on three club sports to make the high school team. You have to take 15 you know, uh, prep courses for your ACT. And, and that capacity to kind of fill in with another job is just not a reality hmm. uh, you know, for, for people that are 16 to 22. I, I think that's a huge gap in the workforce. Tom, you mentioned you have an economist friend who, who has done some tracking on this. Um, he told you that it, it might result in 7 million fewer people just in that age group being interested in this industry. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's kind of, I, I think it's the un, unseen force uh, that is really plaguing all of us. Um, and it's not, you know, everybody wants to say millennials or these aren't millennials, whatever they are. Gen Z mm-hmm. is lazy. It, it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. They're working extremely hard. It's just being a student is what they're working extremely hard at and working three shifts a week at a restaurant as a bus person or a food runner. It just really isn't in, you know in their schedule. Hmm. So George, I want to address something head on because there is so much chatter about one additional factor that a lot of, of armchair theorists are certain is driving all of this. And that is that they believe that it's tied to the increase in unemployment benefits. What's your sense of that? I think there's definitely something to that. Uh, you know, if, if you do the math on that, it's 600 plus dollars a week. That's, you know, at 40 hours a week, that's $15 an hour. So uh, restaurant operators or any any employer has to consider that when trying to find uh, employees. And it's, it's $15 has become the base amount, which is a whole lot higher, 20% higher probably than a lot of restaurants have been paying. And, and even then, I, I talked to a guy that said he's paying 15 to $20 an hour, and he still can't find people. He can't get people to even show up for an interview, throwing that kind of money out ahead of time. And he said, you know, what is a living wage anyway? It's a really good point. You know, what's it going to take? If it's not 20 bucks an hour, um, you, you know, it, like I said, it's a, it's a reckoning, and, and it's going to translate. No matter what happens, it's going to come out in menu price increases, and that's just going to be a fact of life. And, 
you know, a, a sticker shock is going to be a reality here this spring and summer. And I think the, the dining public better get used to it. Tom, do you share George's thoughts? First, dealing with this issue of unemployment benefits, that this is maybe exacerbating some of these trends that, that you outlined there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it is. I, I don't blame anybody for taking that benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, I was talking about earlier, I don't think by any stretch it's the sole cause of uh, the current condition we're in. But it definitely is one of the factors that, that makes it even harder right now. Um, and in terms of the, you know, <laughs> there's also no silver bullet on the menu price increases uh, to, to tie what is going to cause that. Um, you know, brisket and pork is costing us almost 75% more right now than it did even two months ago. I mean, 75% the, more? Is that just from increased competition as more restaurants reopen? No, well, it's actually, it's also, it's mainly exactly what we're talking about with the restaurant industry. There's hmm. nobody to work in the processing plants to uh, actually fabricate beef into brisket or, or, or hogs into ribs. Um, and so they, they have all the hogs and they have all the, all the cows. They just don't have workers to actually break them down uh, and ship them across the country. Hmm. Or, or delivery drivers to deliver them. It goes all the way down the supply chain. And, the, you know, these yeah. are all such tough jobs. Restaurant jobs are so tough. These meatpacking jobs are so tough. Um, you can see why some people are saying, hey, this this isn't worth it for me at this point. Well, and, yeah, and, well, I think- and that's our job is to make it worth it for them, right? Uh, there's so many levers that we can pull to create really healthy, competitive, desirable environments. And, and you know, that's what we're all working really hard to do, not just for this short time uh, when I think it's a really acute pain, but going forward, how, how can we be best to people for years to come? And let's talk about that. Before we do that, though, I want to let people know our phone lines are open. And if you're a restaurant worker or a former restaurant worker, somebody who decided this job is not for me, we want to hear from you. Call us at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air, or you can email us at talk at stlpr.org. We have heard from some of our listeners. Uh, we have a St. Louis on the Air Twitter page. We have a Facebook page. Uh, not Jane right on Twitter, a reminder that restaurant workers in St. Louis have a long history of activism. It's why for decades and decades, many restaurants were closed on Mondays. Back in the day, the waiters union demanded it. And he adds, you go to work with a likely infectious and non-vax clientele in a tight space. Kind of makes a point there. George, I'm, I'm curious about your sense of whether this, this listener has the history correct. Does the waiters union, uh, has that been a powerful force in this town? I've never heard of that one. Uh, I heard a story that it was actually uh, the Bomberitos that, that, that caused everyone to, to take Mondays off because Vince Bomberito wanted to be with his kids more. <laughs> and, and he started closing his restaurant on Mondays and everybody followed suit. So that's what I heard. But, you know, in, in, in any case, it's, uh, yeah, it's a tough business. And the, the only, there, there's, there, there are a few uh, uh, silver, silver linings that people that get into this business and get out of it again, you know, there's thoughts that maybe they'll they'll drift back into it. As Tom well knows, it's really, it, it's addicting, it's fun, there's nothing like it, it's a rush, and, and maybe when some of these people try something uh, else, perhaps they'll, they'll come back to this. And, and, and they're coming back to a different environment. I mean, uh, Tom can tell you he's offering health insurance. He's now offering 401ks. He's mm. definitely an out-of-the-box thinker here, and that's what it's going to take to get these folks 
uh, interested in restaurants again. So, Tom, you were just talking about the high prices of things, and and 75 percent price increases are are not for the faint of heart. Things like 401k and and healthcare benefits, traditionally we've heard from restaurateurs, that's something they'd love to do, they just can't afford it. How are you making that work? You know, when when Haley and I made the decision to grow from, from one restaurant to the second restaurant, it really, for us, was driven by um, that providing the opportunity for us to expand our, our benefits and uh, our, you know, our, our teams and our pay uh, because we would have more opportunity. And so that, you know, that's our unique situation and, and we've continued to grow. And, and now, you know, we buy our proteins directly and save 20 cents a pound and uh, you know, and buy 20,000 pounds a week. And we have explicit conversations that that savings isn't for profit for us, but to figure out how to continue to, to grow and develop and support our teams. Mm. Uh, and, and that's a luxury we have, and we've worked really hard to build it. It's not the same for everybody, obviously. And, and every restaurant is so different in what they can do and, and how they can grow and how they can support people. Um, and, and like I said it before, there's no silver bullet as to how people can do that across the board. Uh, but that has to be the priority. And, and I know it is for everybody to, mm-hmm. to solve that uh, for our people. George, do you think part of this reckoning is that more restaurants are going to say, you know what, we have to start covering things like health care benefits and you know what, prices are going to go up? Uh, absolutely. And uh, I think they really want to do it, but they're waiting for somebody else to do it. It's, it's tough <laughs> if, you're the, if you're the Lone Ranger out there. If it kind of becomes a universal accepted thing, everybody will do it and, and everybody will be happy. But it's, uh, yeah, that, that I think needs to change. You've got to, uh, we've got to compete. You don't, you're not just competing with other restaurants, you're competing with the, the labor market in general, which, which offers uh, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get health benefits, you, you get other other perks that, that restaurants just have to come, uh, uh, just have to deal with. I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, Rob is calling from uh, the Dogtown neighborhood. Rob, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi. Um, I was uh, going to say I, I was working in the service industry prior to COVID. I was working about 50 hours a week. I was able to make a lot of money. And there is also the demand aspect to this. And what my employers have basically told me is that until the vaccination rate is at that type of herd immunity level, mm-hmm. that we just can't really return to doing things the way we were. So I, I still work part time for my organization and I make so little that I actually qualify for the federal benefit. But there are a lot of folks out there who, who really do want to go back and, and work. And I, uh, I, I, I hear the sincerity in their voices. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and Rob, is the reason that you were making so little just that uh, your place had so many fewer tables, you weren't able to make the, the great large tips that you could make pre-COVID? That's, 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 that's the name of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there's a demand issue, and they're just, there's, 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 in the restaurant industry, there's only so much money uh, that can be spent. And the consumer, a lot of folks are, you know, also aren't making as much money. They're making a decision to buy groceries. So mm-hmm. it, it is kind of a two-way street. But I, 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 you know, again, I'm sympathetic to what everyone's going through. We're all ha- go- having a rough go of it, and we just want this to be over with. 
Thank you, Rob. And, and I hope that for you as well. Um, Tom, that idea of lower tips during these months when restaurants were at such smaller capacity and, you know, on an average Tuesday night in St. Louis, it can be slow to begin with. You add in the winter and COVID. I imagine people who were willing to work took some pay cuts. Yeah, I mean, the the up and down nature of 2020 was just brutal. Um, and and what Rob was saying, I think, was really true for our teams through the winter and, and January and February. Um, but now, since March, uh, if weather's decent, we're we're regularly beating 2019's numbers at hmm. our stores. And our staff is making, you know, I have nephew, I have nephews that are bus people that are making on average forty eight dollars an hour week after week after week. I mean, the, the wages are really good and. And in our experience, uh, the demand from guests is is really through the roof right now, hmm. which is, you know, coupling that with a labor shortage uh, has, has created a lot more uh, challenges. But for the people that are working, they're making so much more money because they're they're scooping up all of that extra business uh, with fewer servers to split it among. Yeah, $48 an hour. That's, uh, boy, that's a terrific nest egg for your young nephews. Let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, Nicholas is calling from Florissant. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick, hi. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hello. Hi. Thanks, um, for, thanks for joining us. What's your take on all this? Uh, my take, I wanted to uh, revert back to a statement I heard. I believe it was George that, that stated this, that there was a restaurant owner or manager that was finding it difficult to find staff at a $20 an hour rate. Mm -hmm. And I was just wondering if George could share what that restaurant is, because I have some folks I know that would be more than happy to take a job like that. Well, Nick, thanks for that question, George. I don't know if you feel comfortable doing that. No, I don't. He can uh, he can uh, contact me, and I'll be glad to do that because this I, I just don't feel right doing that. I um, totally understand but, but, that. But, yeah, but but there was no reason for this restaurant owner to to uh, sugarcoat that at all. So I I do believe what he said. Nick, if if you can give um, our producers your phone number once we get you off the air here, we'll have we'll have George follow up with that, or have you follow up with him after the show? Um, because hey, if somebody's looking for a job, it, it sounds like George that might be welcome news for somebody. But let's talk a bit about some of the solutions here. George, what are some ways that people are, are trying to track down and, and market themselves to customers with all, well, or not customers, sorry, to help with all of this yeah, going on? Yeah, well, it's it's just, it's gotten very, very creative. A lot of it started with bonuses. Employees are paying workers signing bonuses. Uh, and now they're giving them bumps after three months and six months. It's really like, please stay with us. You know, we're, we're going to make it worth your while. Uh, they're paying existing employees a, a finding bonus, you know, like a finder's fee bring your friends on and then and they are even you know uh, rewarding them after six months keep your friend around and we'll give you another bump so hmm. these kind of things I've never heard of in the past uh, there's also the, a lot of them are doing print advertising and radio advertising and you see uh, a lot of TV stations doing stories about local restaurants uh, you know these kind of I, I haven't seen this type of, of uh, attention in a while some of these stories end with a oh by the way these guys are hiring you know with the, with the end of all these TV stories so mm -hmm. um, it, it's 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 coming at uh, at us from all 
you know, all angles. And, and I believe that, I mean, gosh, if anybody's looking for a job, it's, it's there out there. One guy said, hey, it's going to get better when the, when the college kids come back for summer. And really, it's, it's true. I mean, it, it doesn't matter where you want to work, whatever neighborhood, whatever restaurant, chances are those guys are hiring. Uh, mm-hmm. One guy said that's going to be hopefully his saving grace is when the college kids come back. It remains to be seen. Hmm. Tom, I understand Salt and Smoke has been doing a marketing blitz to help fill all these new positions in this new restaurant that you are hoping to open on May 17th. What have you done and, and has that been working? Well, yeah, I mean, to George's first point, we have done all of that signing bonuses, referral bonuses, um, just like, you know, just like deciding where you're going to eat uh, is so heavily influenced by your neighbors or your friends telling you, oh, we had a great time at wherever. And then you check it out. The same is true for your employment. And if people are like, oh, they really treat their staff well and they pay well, you're more inclined to go apply there. So, uh, So we're doing that. And then we've been doing radio blitzes as well. I'll note that you know, three weeks ago, uh, three to four weeks ago, we needed to hire 200 people. Mm. So the fact that we're only looking for the last 80 is a sign that these things are working. You know, we've covered 120 spots, which is phenomenal. Um, you know, it's a little over a little over halfway there yeah. and kind of a Herculean task to begin with. Um, but but yeah, every lever that we can pull, we have been pulling, and and there is some success in it, um, and I think we'll get there. I, I am confident that we'll we'll be pretty close come ten days from now. Hmm. Well, George, I think of Tom as a pretty Zen guy, and he sounds pretty Zen right now. But in general, uh, what kind of attitude do local restaurant owners have in the midst of what feels super stressful to me from the outside looking in? Well, they're, you know, one, they're very resilient. They're very creative. A lot of them said, you know, hey, we were, we were creative going into this thing and we need to be creative going out of it. So they're, they're trying all these, these different things, but we have to look at it from the other side. If these guys aren't successful in hiring employees, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to see, uh, you know, dining rooms closing down, portions of dining rooms closing down, uh, guys uh, being open for fewer shifts. I know a guy that can't open his restaurant. He's been waiting to open for a year. He needs 10 employees. He can't get them, so he can't do it. So mm. you're, you're, you're going to see a ratcheting back, just, just a forced ratcheting back. And like I said, these I know a guy, has, uh, he decided he just can't do it for a while. And his, his help wanted sign now says something like, see you in September. He shut his place down till September when he thinks the situation is going to improve. So there, there's, there's two sides to this. And, and I think people have to understand that they have to be very, very uh, uh, appreciative and, and very patient with, uh, with, with restaurants right now. It's a difficult time. It's, it's uh, like I said, unprecedented and, and everybody's kind of uh, unsure as to where it's going to end up. Like Tom said, these price increases, we don't even know where that's going to go, but they're going to go up. Hmm. Well, George Mayhee, uh, dining editor at St. Louis Magazine and the dean of St. Louis Food Writers, I want to thank you for joining us today and, and sharing your perspective. Well, thanks. I mean, I'm usually the glass half full guy, but this is a serious situation now. And I think yeah. everybody needs to come to, to reckoning with the reckoning. Well, I appreciate you hitting that home. I think it is something that you, the next time you're out and, and you're cursing the fact that your brisket costs what it costs, I, I hope people think about these things. Um, and Tom Schmidt, owner of Salt and Smoke, uh, maybe they'll be doing that at your restaurant and thinking about it while they're there in a positive way, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Thanks for having me on. Well, Tom, yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And good luck filling those additional positions.
St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.